Welcome to Design Your Destiny, your podcast for tapping into the power of your subconscious mind. In this next few minutes, allow me to show you how to tap into that power so that you can create success with ease, form deeper connections, and have greater presence in your relationships, and most importantly, find peace within yourself. My name is Penny Chason, and I'm your host. Hey, hey, joyful souls, it is Penny, and I am back with another special guest this week. Oh my goodness, if there ever was a story where culture, media, and what was considered the acceptable social norms influenced beliefs that had to be overcome in order to be an entrepreneur, to put yourself out there and be successful, then this is the story and you're going to want to stay tuned. Today, I have with me Desi Salova, who in full disclosure, was a client about a little over a year ago now, but she grew up in Eastern Communist Europe. Uh, She grew up in a society where there were a lot of influences that we're going to talk about, but she is a creative and she's a creative in terms that she loves fashion and design. And she has really come a long way over the years. And I don't want to tell her story for her, but she has some great things going on. We're going to share those things with you. I can't share this story the way that she does. So Desi, I just want to go ahead and let you tell everyone a little bit about yourself because you just have an amazing story and I'm afraid I wouldn't do it justice. Oh, thank you, Penny, for having me on your podcast. Uh, Well, um, my name is Desi and I am Bulgarian originally. So I was born in Bulgaria, but I was a young teenager when my family moved just a few months before communism broke down into the UK. So I grew up in Western culture, but I was brought up in communism where we weren't allowed to travel or we weren't exposed to Western culture and any movies um, that we got uh, tended to be American. uh, And very often they were presented in a way that the Westerners are weaker people because especially the Americans, they see shrinks a lot and we are so much stronger. We fix ourselves. We don't do shrinks and doctors. And um, everyone was employed by the state. So the aim from the age of seven when we started school was to appease the party and become good party children, then adults, adolescents, then adults, and ultimately be employed by the state. This was the goal. Go to university, become a good citizen. And entrepreneurship was seen as not cutting yet, you know, having done something not so good to be accepted by the party. So to then be thrown into the Western culture and exposed to Western culture and be formed as an adolescent uh, by the West and uh, see so many entrepreneurs succeed and thrive, you know, contrary to what I was led to believe, was a real shock for quite a while to the system. What did you really think about that? Because that had to have been the moment when you began to realize that there was a different way to think and to be in life. I mean, it wasn't something that I consciously spent time because the way we were thrown into life in the UK, I, and, and me, you know, I I had to struggle to learn a language and pass two years of study and the exams at the end of the first year of life here. So I didn't have much time to 
to think. And then circumstances evolved in such a way that uh, at the age of 17, we had to, my sister and I had to start working in order to contribute financially to the family, which was something that no one that we knew did. So, I mean, I can't really tell you if I had any thoughts. It was just conflicting. You know, I often thought about something that my grandfather had said to me when I was growing up. I kept asking, what is communism? And my grandfather used to say, well, we're living now in socialism, but communism is when the state knows how good you are and there is no money and you just get given everything you want because they know how hard you work and how good you are. And I think subconsciously living in the West was more about, well, who's going to appreciate me? Who's going to recognize how hard we are working? (laughs) That's interesting. I don't even have perspective or or frame of reference to really even dive more into that. So, I mean, you've grown a a lot over the years. Uh, You've uh, been in fashion design, you've been in the fashion industry, and, and now you're on your own endeavors. Why don't you walk us through, um, a little bit of that. And and what were some of the biggest challenges that you've faced throughout all of that? Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting. We, uh, you and I both, we met through a coaching program, right? And we talk a lot about alignment. And for the longest of time, I couldn't understand what alignment meant until recently I realized that I was always in alignment. I was living my Dharma since a little child I was involved in sewing, embroidering, knitting, or in, in the crafts. And then I always knew that by hook or by crook, I'll end up doing something in the fashion industry. And when um, I was uh, due to go to university in the UK, there was no choice. I had to do a solid degree. So I went into politics and economics, which I absolutely hated. And uh, wow. literally in the last year of university, I did... Uh, an evening course to get a portfolio together. And as soon as I ticked the box to please the parents, I went into a fashion degree. I paid for myself. I worked literally Monday to Friday weekends and put myself through a second degree. And uh, then I entered into the fashion industry. But I could never really fully understand why there was this conflict in me. I was never able to climb the ladder. I I had strong opinions about things of what was right, what was wrong. And I could never, the way I was brought up as a child, it was instilled in me certain values that it's only now I realize their values of self-worth, funnily enough. I I see so many people struggling with self-worth and I think that that was never to such an extent issue for me because it was instilled in me. And so to have to appease superiors to climb up the ladder was always an issue for me. And little by little, I started interested in entrepreneurship and interested in business. So from creative, working with creative teams, I started getting more interested in the business side of things. But then there was the conflict, I think, subconsciously of being self-employed, because all I've ever known is that everyone around me was employed by companies with solid salaries. There was only two examples in my family of entrepreneurs who were always put down. And yet after communism, they became the wealthy ones. So it was a very conflicting idea. But I did leave my corporate job and I had an opportunity with a backer to start a business. And for a number of years, I nearly killed myself. But I had this kind of hybrid between being an entrepreneur and running a business, but having a backer with money behind me and paying me a salary. 
And when this came to an end and I walked away because I learned so much during that period and I realized that I was moving away from what gave me joy. And when I walked away three, four years ago, for the first time, I had to stand on my own two feet and earn money and be a true entrepreneur. And that was real. I, I never realized that you have to challenge yourself and evolve so much and transform so much to earn money and do what you love. Now, you, you said a couple of things there that I, I want to circle back on. And this is one that I have seen more often than not. And that is people ticking the box, as you said, for your parents in terms of the degree. I've had people from different cultures that maybe if you didn't become a lawyer or a doctor, you were nothing. Like you were a failure if you weren't a lawyer or a doctor. And it didn't matter what in the world that you wanted to be. And some people go their entire lives before they realize they still may not even know what the word alignment is, but before, you know, they may go their entire life and never do what makes them happy, or it might be later in life. And you were very fortunate to have that determination right away uh, to make that change. And like you until a few years, until a few years ago, I didn't even know what alignment was. I had never heard the word. I just knew that my values in the job that I did in healthcare, my values did not match up. Like I I had this deep sense of responsibility to do my absolute best. And when I knew I wasn't being provided very basic things so that I could do my best for my patients, it created a lot of resentment um, around the job and and frustration. And, And that's what aligns me here is that I can serve people based on my values. So once you you walked away and you got into this true entrepreneurship, it, in terms of your values, how does that feel? I mean, again, it's very difficult to articulate, but I think I'm looking for my values. So my values are evolving. I'm trying to discover my values. There's so much that I'm learning uh, spiritually and about you know the mind-body connection and all of that. That is sometimes I feel things, but I can't really articulate them. And um, I just know that sometimes I just know things, I can't really articulate them, but it just feels great. It feels great to be in my, in control. I mean, I know control is an illusion, but it, it feels like I'm responsible for me. And it feels great that I have infinite possibilities to take care of me and create or fulfill that responsibility. And in the... In the meantime, with all my 20 plus experience of working in the fashion industry, I have accumulated so much knowledge to be able to share that with the people I work with and with my communities. It gives me so much joy. I grew up being told that I would uh, be a teacher because I loved hanging out with, you know, taking care of small children. And over the years, I've lost that joy. (laughs) There's no way that I can be a teacher, but I'm a different kind of teacher because I help adults fulfill their dreams. And there's so many people who tick the boxes for parents. And then, you know, I call them career changers, but in their 30s or 40s, they have come to a point where, Either they have money they've saved up or life presents them an opportunity to change lane and they start chasing something that 
perhaps it's a pipe dream. Perhaps it's something that will end up being their calling. And it's just fortunate for me sometimes to be part of these people's journeys. Yeah. You know, people often ask me, you know, how do I get into alignment? How do I find my Dharma? And I, I tell people, I said, it's just as easy as finding what's fun, what's enjoyable, what brings you joy. And then how can you take that and find a way to bring joy to other people through what you do? And in just going back to having grown up in, in Eastern Europe and, and having all of those beliefs, but even within our families, we can be surrounded by family members that the way that they talk about their reality in the world, we can become just as locked in as to what we believe is reasonable, acceptable, impossible, and what is a legitimate way to make a living. I mean, look at the the phrase starving artists, like that is one of the most, oh gosh, one of the most limiting phrases out there is starving artists because artists bring joy and expansion and and emotion Mm -hmm. into people's lives. And and so this whole idea of starving artists, it, it just makes me cringe because you and I both know some amazing artists, uh, who do some amazing work and, they're not starving by any means. I mean, I just had a painting that I had shipped to me from halfway around the world because that painting lit me up the same way that your work lights people up. Mm. And there's value in that. Yeah. But you know, also another thing that I recently discovered since I'm a parent myself, but the families, the expectations they put on people. And I think that past generations were differently evolved compared to us and they had less tools and less information and they're the product of their environment. But I remember recently thinking I grew up with so much pressure not to show, embarrass my family. So my mother always used to say, don't you dare embarrass me. And, you know, embarrass is such a big concept. I mean, you can sneeze and embarrass someone, you know, if you sneeze the wrong way. I mean, what does that mean? But I didn't realize until recently how much, what a weight that was on my shoulders how much I was stopping myself, how much it was holding me back in case I embarrass my family who lives halfway across the world now. And I think that that's something that holds so many people back. And they don't even know what their values are because they're clouded by all these values that have been put upon them as they grew up. Yeah, I I remember back in 94, 95, I just had this push that I had to leave Mississippi. I had to get out of here. And, you know, I grew up in a rural town. And when you grow up anywhere, if you're just in a small community and you don't stretch and reach beyond your immediate circle to just see and experience what other people out there are thinking and doing, how they're living, you are wildly limiting yourself to to what's possible out there. I wouldn't be where I am today, I don't think, if I just hadn't followed this impulse to be a travel nurse and get out of Mississippi. I had no idea what new age was. I had no idea what uh, Reiki was. You know, it's where I got introduced to the concept of hypnosis, which has been like breadcrumbs leading to where I am now. If I had stayed here, I would 
you know, probably still just be a registered nurse and burn out with this whole pandemic and stressed out and, and just never letting my imagination go in beyond what's around me. We can insulate ourselves and our identity and our beliefs, and we can miss out on so much in life. So you said something at the very beginning of the podcast, which you and I talked about before we pressed record, and you were talking about the movies and Americans and how it was always positioned as Americans are weak because they see psychiatrists or they see psychologists and that you have to be strong. And I want to touch on that for two reasons. One is that when when we're told that we can't process or express what we're feeling so that we can deal with it, it can cause a lot of problems down the road. And the second is, how did you move past that to like actually reach out to me and do the work that we did together? Because that that was something that you were taught. Yeah, and actually, I really want to share the story of how you changed my life. Well, how do I um, how do I got here? I a few years ago, about seven eight years ago, uh, a certain situation occurred, the family situation with my husband's side of the family, and we got embroiled in living in something akin to a ticking time bomb. Is time bomb the right expression? Anyway, it was uh, yes, um, and. Um, I didn't initially I could cope with it. You know, it was coming and going and I thought I was strong enough to cope with it. But over time, I started getting anxiety attacks. And initially, I didn't even know what they were, uh, but they would last a few days. And I remember going a few years ago, about three or four years ago, I was at a conference and there were a lot of healers, all kinds of different entrepreneurs. And somehow I got chatting to some healers. And then the next time I went to the same conference, I bumped into one particular guy uh, who was quite woo-woo and I'm very, uh, I you know, woo-woo. Actually, actually, going to psychics was my form of therapy <laughs> over the years. <laughs> and that's an acceptable form of therapy. You just need to express yourself, right? That's all yes, it is. Yes, correct. And, uh, and I remember reaching out to this guy and feeling really ashamed that with a stranger I was going to share that I couldn't fix myself. I was going to admit to a weakness that I couldn't share with anyone else. But I asked him for... Did he know someone who can help me with some anxiety attacks? And I, in fact, I tried to play it down. And he asked me a few things, uh, a few questions, and he realized that I like who, and he said, I've got the right person for you. So he connected me with this lady who was an RTT, rapid transformational therapist. I had no idea what that was. We had one initial session. She put some cards, and I was super happy because obviously there was a psychic element in there. It wasn't pure <laughs> science. And then she had a, a session with me of uh, something that she explained was more of a regression rather than hypnosis. But now I know it was a form of hypnosis. And she gave me a meditation to listen to for 21 or 30 days every day. And my anxiety attacks were gone. And I was absolutely astounded. But the situation in my family wasn't resolved and it was continuing to build. And uh, when the pandemic started, I came across TCP, which I had known for about a year. And it felt like the right time to join it because I wasn't going to do anything uh, during lockdown. And that's how I met you. But prior to that, at Christmas time, my mother had come to visit just before the pandemic. And we had spent Christmas with my sister and my mother and I have a great relationship, but we are very different and we have our tensions. And um, the day we were due to come back to London, uh, to my house with my mother, I couldn't get up. 
you know, I literally woke up and my body was almost paralyzed from the waist down. And with great difficulty, I got on the train, came back, and I spent the next few days horizontal. And after she left, I started getting better to the point where I could start walking, but I had a trapped nerve in my leg. And uh, after speaking to doctors and people, everyone said it's sciatica, get used to it, there's no cure for it, etc. And it was for nine months I was getting used to it. When I got to know you through the program and you did some coaching and I heard people uh, verify that you were okay, uh, that you were <laughs> legitimate, you didn't. <laughs> I verified that I was okay. Uh, does that mean they're okay? I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that, I just, that's, that tickles yes, me. Yes, no, I know, but I want to qualify again. I still live with that idea that hypnosis is something that, you know, it's scary. You shouldn't do it. Um, but, you know, people getting to know you and hearing people's stories, I felt brave enough to reach out and have, you know, a consultation with you and see whether you could help me. And I remember distinctly asking for help to remove certain limiting beliefs and block to do with business, because I really knew that I had to step into the next version of me to do with business. And when we started working together, uh, your methods were very different from what I Googled and I learned about hypnosis. And that took me by surprise because I'm someone who likes to know the answers, hence going to say, you know, psychics all these years. And um, I remember on our third session, you put me in a situation where I had to face the person who I had blocked in my mind. I mean, this person who was the aggressor in the situation who had created this situation that my family was under and suffering was obliterated from my mind. He was, he did not exist. And yet you met me, you made me face that situation and this person in our session. And I remember I was so kind of annoyed in, in fact, at the beginning, I even wanted to like walk away. I was thinking, what the hell am I doing? This lady really didn't get what I came here for. <laughs> and all that. And, uh, but I went through the motions. And then three days later, I realized that the nerve had gone. And then the next day, it wasn't there. And I remember a few days later calling and saying, is it possible that you did something? And the nerve had disappeared. And that's when, and I, you know, it hasn't returned. I like I in better health than ever. And that's when through you, I realized how powerful the connection between mind and body is and how I came to you with something so trivial, like, oh, you know, can you help me be more comfortable with visibility online? And I walked away after our sessions with better understanding of my body with better health and much stronger mentally than I ever thought I could be. If you are like most successful people, then you are well-read on mindset hacks, tips, tricks that help you to be more productive, more successful, and get out of your head and into business. But if you're like some people, you find that that's simply not enough, and you might even find yourself blaming yourself or doubting yourself because you aren't getting the results that others are. If that's the case, then I want you to go to my website, pennychason.com forward slash myth and download your free copy of the Mindset Myth where I explain why that is the case and what you can do to begin to discover the real reason you're not getting the breakthroughs that others are. So 
elaborate a little bit. What, what do you describe what you mean by stronger mentally? Well, Is I that in your relationships? No, just in everything in life in general. I mean, I have continued um, to learn more about the connection between mind and body. And now I realize and strongly believe because I have the evidence on me. I'm someone who sometimes is a bit skeptical, but now I have the evidence repeatedly, in fact, that if something manifests in the body, it's because it originated in the mind. And I just need to follow back the crumbs and find out what was the thing that I didn't deal in my mind with. Yeah. in order to resolve the externals. And hence I say that I'm in a better health than ever because I deal with my mind first before I even allow it to get to manifest itself in the body. Yeah. And, you know, it's this is not the first time I've heard someone say that, you know, you made me face something either that I felt like I had addressed, I thought I had already forgiven them, I've already done all this work with the therapist around this person. And, you know, there's an old adage. I don't know if you grew up with it in Eastern Europe, but, you know, here in the Southern U.S., you know, out of sight, out, out of, of mind, mind, forgive and forget. Yeah. So forgive and forget isn't good. We, we need to learn our lessons. We need to get the insight. And then forgiving is for us the person that we forgave doesn't even need to know. And most importantly, we should not forget it. But most people, because they manage to push it aside, they get it out of sight, out of mind. It feels like you've dealt with it because every time your brain goes there, you've trained your brain. No, no, we're not focusing on this. Go away. And then it gets pushed down in the body. Mm -hmm. And that's when it, we begin to have symptoms from the subconscious tension and stress that's created. And when we can let that go, then big things change. And it, it's just so important if we have anger, if we have resentments. The other thing that that process also does is that if we're living by circumstance and we don't realize it right? If we're living our life in terms of, because this situation happened, now this is what I have to do. This is how I have to show up. Now I have this struggle because this thing over here happened, or I have this anxiety because this person created this situation in my life. There is a way to go through this process and to finesse it so that without even realizing it, a person can release living by circumstance and to take back control of their life in that process. Does any of that resonate with your experience? And do aside from the sciatica going away, the trapped nerve, do you really feel like it was worth it to address it? Oh, completely. And for me, it was just the beginning of a probably a lifetime process because as we evolve, there are other things that come into play. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, I, I feel... I feel so much was um, layers were peeled away, but there are other layers. So the work just continued. And like you said, it's about, it's a process. And part of that process is to learn to trust, to trust others, to trust yourself. So for example, I have through, with your help learned that 
I can address certain issues, look for them in my mind and try to address them. I have truly understood what the meaning of the word forgiveness is because I thought that I understood it, but until you actually go and do the work and release it, it's just a verb, right? It means nothing. But I think that the process of trusting others to help you to step in and not to feel like you are so strong, you can deal with everything yourself, release that shame of sharing something that you find embarrassing that's happening to you, an intelligent person, able person, etc. you know, things happen. Um, I think that's a process. Yeah. And I, I believe society would be served to a much greater degree if we could embrace and accept that it's okay to reach out to others because it's impossible for us to know everything. And I don't know if you watch the Olympics, but if you uh, even watch the news during the Olympics, you probably saw about the episode with Simone Biles Mm. where she got what they call the twisties, which basically she lost her sense of spatial awareness that could have resulted in an accident that could have crippled her, if not killed her. And she caught national outrage here in the U.S. for that. People were pretty much split. And it's like, no, it is time for us to embrace people speaking up and saying, this is not okay. I'm not okay. And let me get somebody to help me work through this. Because Mm -hmm. some of the most successful people in the world are, are the ones that have higher rates of depression, they have higher rates of suicide, because they feel like they have to fix it all themselves, because it is a sign of weakness. Mm. And I'm glad that you brought that concept to the table. Because I'm getting the sense that someone who is listening, that's going to resonate with them, even if they don't reach out to me, somebody will hear that and feel comfortable reaching out to someone else. And that's important. So the other thing you mentioned is, how the transformation continues. I I like to say that transformation is messy. And as long as you continue to work on yourself, you're you're gonna peel more layers. You're gonna peel more layers, but this work lays the groundwork so that you're more capable of knowing what you can do on your own Mm. and deciding, okay, maybe I should reach out to someone else. Yeah. I mean, you know, something else that is not spoken to uh, much. And in fact, I had today this conversation with someone is I felt I shared today with a friend that last year during the pandemic, I was fine. But this year, this year, I feel like I've turned into an introvert. And she's been, you know, she knew the work I did with you. She knew, you know, all the work I've been kind of doing. And today she said to me, it's not that you've turned an introvert, you are evolving, you're transforming. And you're shedding people who no longer vibrate on your vibration. So you're in that kind of uh, limbo period where it feels really lonely because you're going to find your new people. And that was really interesting observation that she made. And it, it made me think of two things, how right she was and how I was beating myself up for turning into an introvert. And in fact, I was saying to my doctor the other day, it's just a muscle. I need to start going to, you know, people's gym and meet more people and develop that muscle again. And um, you need people sometimes to see your blind side and to point something that you're not seeing and to actually reframe it into something more positive and show you how, you know, the work you're doing is paying off. You are progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Growth. Growth can get lonely. And and even when you have compassion 
for people in your life who aren't on the same path you are, or they aren't as far along as you are, to keep moving forward in that transformation, you can't stay in that place. You have to keep moving forward in finding the people who resonate with us so that we have that community, even if it's virtually is important. So where has all of this gotten you today? You have a lot of great things coming up. Well, I'm still struggling with the, you know, visual visibility, <laughs> let's say. But I have, you know, progressed, I feel, because I've launched my own podcast. You know, I have developed my business in, in directions I didn't think possible. I think I was limiting myself and and thinking much smaller. And now it's much, I've got much more expansive view. Um, I'm writing a book. I'm launching a community, something I would have never dared maybe a year ago to do. Um, uh, so, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to interrupt right yeah. here. She's still having problems with visibility, but she's launched a podcast. She's <laughs> writing a book and she's launching a community. So it's all relative. <laughs> Yeah, because I think visibility for me, the thing that I struggle with is actually getting on camera spontaneously. So I can record videos. I just can't jump spontaneously on a live and just, you know, mm-hmm. talk. Yeah, like I, I, so. I jump spontaneously <laughs> on lives and I just blabber. You know, I just follow my stream of consciousness. And sometimes I look back at it and think that makes no sense whatsoever. But then people will message me and say, oh, my God, I so resonated with that. I'm like, well, there was, if it made no sense to me, it made sense to somebody and it made a difference. I do that, but in my head all the time, every day. (laughs) I do a lot of lives in my head. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It has been awesome to chat with you. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social, how they can connect with you to hear about the book that's going to be coming out, the podcast. Uh, the membership. Um, yeah, I mean, my my business is called Fashion Insiders and Co. And um, I am at fashioninsidersand.co everywhere on Instagram, on website. My book and the membership will launch uh, mid-November. And um, yeah, if, if they visit my website, if anyone's interested in fashion business, building a fashion brand, there's a lot of free resources uh, on my website and everything is there. Everything is there. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. And I think you've uh, brought a lot of insights maybe that I've not spoken about before because I have not lived your experience. So um, definitely hearing it from someone who's experienced it tends to ring true uh, for people in terms of how culture in society can influence our beliefs and you know, some of the things we have to overcome to be successful as entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for being on the show, Desi. Thank you. Thank you because you've changed my life. So thank you so much. All right, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love on Instagram, screenshot it, share it, go to Apple and leave a positive review. We would greatly appreciate that. And all of the links get in touch with Desi will be in the show notes and I will see you all next week. Bye now. Thank you for listening today. If you've enjoyed this episode of Design Your Destiny, I would appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review. When you leave a positive review, it's like podcast currency and we can increase our reach and get the message to even more people that they, just like you, have the ability 
to design their destiny. And remember, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.